today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. York Regional Police have decided after a weekend that saw 16 drivers arrested on 27 impaired driving charges to name and shame those of being impaired, accused of being impaired uh, while driving. To talk more about this, Kevin Bryan is with us, Professor Seneca College and a retired police officer and is with us now. Kevin, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. You're welcome, Scott. Kevin, you're a retired police officer. Is this the same problem that was going on in your day? Has have, have things have, have things changed at all? I think they have changed there, Scott. I think you know when when I was uh, starting as a police officer, the uh, penalty for impaired driving was a three month uh, suspension of your driver's license. Um, the message was, you know, people cared about impaired driving, but it wasn't as uh, socially uh, unacceptable as it is now. And uh, I think now with the increase in the in the penalties, with the uh, uh, you know social with the social media, with everything that surrounds that, I think there's a a huge uh, um, awareness that uh, it's not something people should be doing anymore. And uh, but with regards to what's taken place, York Regional Police, my former department, um, starting to name names of uh, of persons uh, accused of uh, any drinking and driving related offenses. I think that comes down to the chief Eric Jolliffe being at, totally at his wits end and frustrated. Um, you know, he was the chief of police when the infamous uh, Marco Muzu. Uh, case yeah. uh, took place with uh, the Neville Lakes. And, you know, I, I think he thought that might get the message out that, hey, guys, it's not responsible. It's it's not yeah. acceptable to drink and drive, and it hasn't yet. So I think uh, with 16 people being charged in the first uh, week of the ride program type thing, I think he's throwing his arms up and just trying to do whatever he can. Um, you know, you talked about the difference between back then and now, how it's it's you know, there's much more awareness. It's much more socially unacceptable. Are you surprised we're seeing those kind of numbers with that change in attitude? Um, kind of, in, in a way, yes. But then in a way, um, impaired driving's always been a very, very funny offense. It's, uh, there's, there's, you know, people who have a drink, get in their car and drive home and maybe say, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. They don't consider themselves a criminal. You know, it's not like they robbed somebody or they assaulted somebody, you know, where there's an actual victim. Many, many times, and in most cases with impaired driving, um, there is no victim. Unless it, and then when there is one, when there is an accident, when somebody is badly injured or killed, uh, we, we throw our arms up and say, why do people do this? And I, I think they do it because they, they, they're at the bar, they're having a drink and they think, you know what, I'm not committing a crime by driving home. I, I don't think I've had too many. So they'll get in their car and try to get home. And sometimes they have had one too many and uh, wind up in, uh, in a jackpot. Are we more aware, therefore more steps, therefore higher numbers? I mean, you know, like if you cast the net wide enough, you're going you're gonna to yeah. catch some. I think so. I think there's more efforts made to catch impaired drivers now. Um, you know, so that could be the reason we're seeing numbers increased. Um, they, they, they've uh, ride ride programs start earlier and run later. Um, they've also now everybody's got to the cops have a lot of eyes out there, a lot of eyes and ears. Every single person in every single vehicle has a cell phone and it's very easy. And they encourage people. If you see somebody who appears to be impaired, you know, make a 911 call. It is an emergency. That person could kill somebody. And many times, I mean, when I was finishing my police career back in seven, six, seven years ago, 
there were lots of calls, lots of calls coming across the radio, suspected impaired drivers being called in by uh, citizens out on the roads. And, and I think that's just continuing to increase. So I think, as you say, the net's being cast wider. You're going to catch more fish. That being said, uh, uh, should the chief be frustrated with those numbers or perhaps encouraged that he's getting them off the road in the sense that, you know, he, he, they've got enough, they've got enough uh, police out there that they are casting that kind of net? Yeah, it's a bit of a catch-22 to see. Boy, is it ever, <laughs> you know, eh? As uh, I'm yeah, saying it to you, I'm realizing how, as I'm saying it, I'm realizing how ridiculous it does sound. No, no, but I you know what I'm trying to say? Or an egg thing. Yeah. Should he be pleased he's catching more people, or should he, you know, that, that more persons who are actually out there committing this offense are being caught? Sure, he should be pleased about that, but I'm sure his his goal isn't to, you know, the goal of policing, of, of proactive policing yeah. isn't to catch people. Yeah. It's yeah. to not have the person yes. do the crime in the first place. Absolutely. I'm sure that's where his frustration, frustration lies. Do, do you think when the public hears those kinds of numbers that they react? Do you think when they read the headline, York, uh, York police named 16 drivers charged with impaired driving over the weekend, do you think that number resonates? Like, oh, geez, i got to be careful about this this season. I, I just know, uh, you know, I, I play in a in a beer hockey league, so to speak, and I, I know, you know, when we go out for for our hockey on our Thursday nights, we, uh, you know, there, there's drivers, okay, there, there's we always go to the bar after for a beer, but we have persons driving, and and uh, I, I ride with three guys, another fellow rides with four guys coming up from different areas, and we always have that one person who's not drinking. Um, so yes, I, I, I you know. 10, 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. We'd have all gone back, had a beer or two, and headed home. And uh, now, absolutely, we're aware of, uh, I think there's a huge awareness of the, uh, in the public of the risk associated with committing with these offenses. Yeah. Um, so what about naming names before a conviction? What about uh, publishing names of people that have been accused? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say, and I understand. I think it's just because he is at his wit's end. That's the path he's chosen to take. Um, I don't know if it will have, uh, if it will be a detriment to, it won't be a detriment to the majority of people. But you know what, even if it gets a few people thinking, uh, you know, I don't want to see my name on the Internet associated with impaired driving, for you know, because it doesn't disappear. You know, so for the rest of time, it, it might get... Uh, it's just one more thing that people will think about. They'll think about losing their license for the year, 90 days immediately, the, the, the uh, impound of their vehicle for seven days. They've they got to use a, uh, an interlock device, a breathalyzer interlock device when they come back. And now they're also going to put my name across uh, social media and across the Internet for the remainder of time. I, I think the more that they, you know, the, the more punishment or, or the more, shaming in this incident it it, it doesn't hurt uh, you know uh, it, it only hurts those who are you know wrongfully uh wrongfully charged and and uh I, i'll be honest i don't think that happens very often most people who are charged with impaired driving or uh, over 80 milligrams or uh, or drug uh, driving while impaired by drugs there's usually some some smoke to that fire uh, what about numbers in this region? Any reason to think it's any different in this region to any other region around the G- uh, GTHA? Absolutely not. I think the GTA, uh, the, the greater the GTA, um, it, it, and I, I think right across the, you know, right across the GTA, right across uh, Canada, I would imagine things are pretty consistent. 
it would surprise. I, I don't think it's any higher anywhere than than uh, than any other district. So I would think the Hamilton area and York Region area would be very very similar in scope. We're speaking with Kevin Bryan, Professor Seneca College, a retired police officer. Uh, what about the ride program this year? How is that different, especially now with cannabis uh, into the mix? Right. So I, it's not a lot different. I mean, cannabis be, being legalized, you know, it's, it's into the mix now, and, and they'll be watching for it a lot closer than they have before. Um, it's always been an offense to be impaired by both alcohol or a drug. It, it, it's never. It's not like uh, impaired driving by drugs is a new offense. Um, and, 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 um, I, I just think what we're going to see with the police officers is, you know, when they pull you over, have you had any uh, alcohol tonight? They'll also be asking you if you've, you know, smoked anything tonight. And, uh, so, so I think more there'll be a, an awareness by the officers to, to have a, uh, um, have a, a, a closer uh, eye out for those who have been, uh, impaired, uh, might be impaired through, uh, cannabis. And, and I know there's a lot of uh, drug recognition uh, officers out there who are able to, to conduct roadside tests to provide uh, a, a lot more. That there's been a ton of training with officers in the drug recognition, drug impairment recognition area. So there's a lot more officers out there who are now able to make a determination if that person is actually uh, impaired by um, cannabis or not. So, so there's a lot higher awareness. Kevin, will we see higher numbers this year just because of, of we, when you think about it and with the new situation, police are probably obviously more sensitive to this, more aware of it. They have to be now. That's their job. So do you think as a result we may see higher numbers this year just because the net's a little tighter this time? It would not surprise me at all. And and uh, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I think um, officers are a lot, uh, number one, they've been, handed new training with regards to the drug uh, recognition, drug, drug impairment recognition. They've been handed new training. They've been, and, and they're eager to use it. Like, like once you're handed a new tool, it's something, uh, if you don't use, you lose. So I think they'll be out there, uh, you know, uh, enforcing, enforcing the, the, the drug aspect of things a lot, uh, a lot tighter than, than was done before. Do you think we're going to see other regions uh, start to name names like this? And do we have any data w- of other places doing it? Does it work? Do we know? And, and there's, I heard that question asked of a York Region officer yesterday on another, uh, uh, on one of the programs, and I, and I heard uh, the officer from York Regional Police asked if there was any uh, data to show that it actually did reduce anything, and he avoided the question. Um, he, he 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 pivoted and went in another direction, which which kind of tells me that there is no. Um, uh, uh, there is no statistical evidence that actually supports it. Um, however, I guess if it just stops a few people from doing it, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. And the other way to look at this, Kevin, too, and again, as you said, just the frustration over the weekend's events and stuff. Uh, I mean, we're talking about it now, so it does draw attention to his issue. It just it does draw attention to the services experience and gets that in the news. So in the end, can that be a bad thing? No, it can't be. And and, and there, if, if people are talking about it, and I know, I know when I go to hockey Thursday night, we'll be sitting in the beer, we'll be sitting in the bar after having a beer, and the guys are going to be talking about this. And and so that's not a bad thing at all. When you've got people discussing something, when when, when things are open for discussion, um, it, it raises awareness and uh, in, in a good way. You teach this at Seneca College. Uh, is there a different attitude among young people? Is it a demographic thing? 
Uh, I don't know if it's a demographic thing. The statistics I hear are that the majority of impaired uh, of, of drinking and driving or impaired related driving offenses is males between 22 and 35. So that is the largest uh, demographic uh, f- from my understanding. And uh, so, so that's a little bit past what I'm teaching. Okay, the, the, the students that I'm bringing in are 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 are, are yeah. younger than that. However. You know, however, they're soon into that demographic, so uh, um, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't think the the youth of today are doing as much drinking and driving as uh, the youth of my generation. I really don't. And I think that this, because of the situation and the awareness, it will be a different year this year. I think you're, as we talked earlier, I think you're going to see some rise in stats and just some more general awareness of the whole thing, just because of the introduction of cannabis into the mix. Yeah, and and that's true, and 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 the rising stats can can make you think that nobody's getting the message. Yeah. Whereas whereas it, it may be just because they're they're trying harder. They're they're, they're uh, you know there's more tools out there for officers to uh, to catch people and to uh, and to enforce drinking and driving. So so with with the larger number of tools out there, be, be, you know, being citizens with cell phones and being uh, drug recognition office, drug impairment recognition officers. Um, we may see an we may see an increase, which will frustrate people. Um, however, it, it it may be just because uh, the net's being cast wider. And the other thing too, I, thing. and you know, I've talked to experts on uh, in in tobacco and 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 smoking rates and this sort of thing when when they drop and when they go up, and and there's been a dip in certain demographics, and or certainly it's been going down over the years, but there's been an increase in some demographics in the last uh, little bit. And and I think the conclusion they came to, and it's very, I think it's very similar with this, is that it's, it's an ongoing program. You're not all of a sudden going to convince everybody in society not to do this and then stop and no one will ever do it again. It's continually an ongoing education program, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and, and uh, the factors being that people who have done it continuously and, and have done it every, you know, there's people who drink and drive or smoke and drive and, you know, they get in their car after drinking and drive or after drinking or they get in the car after smoking and they head home, and they get home every day. And they're not, it doesn't matter what, um, you know, what, what level of, of um, enforcement you get to, uh, it's not going to change them. There's persons like that. But then you've got your other persons who the more, the more it's raised, the more it's discussed, uh, they're going to, uh, you know, understand that uh, it's not the way to go and uh, take proper uh, courses of uh, getting home at the, uh, at the end of the day. Is there any, you gave the demographic, but is there any common denominator to all of these people that are getting convicted? Well, no, not I so mean, is it, is it, is it, you know, everybody yeah. from a chronic to someone who no, just made a bad mistake? Yeah, no, there's lots of chronics and then there's lots of people who, you know, there's lots of persons out there, no intent of committing a criminal offense, yeah. you know. Uh, you, you got the, the 200-pound guy goes to the bar with his 120-pound buddy, they have. They both have two drinks. Get in their car and drive home after after an hour, hour and a half. You know, the, the guy at two hundred pounds, he's fine, right? Yeah. And the guy at one hundred twenty pounds is a criminal now. He's under arrest for over eighty milligrams. And it's, so so it can be a very very uh, awkward, uh, you know, in, in some ways that uh, two people can go out and do the exact same thing in the exact same afternoon in the exact same circumstances, and and you know one 
commits an offense and the other one doesn't. So mm. uh, I just think there's a lot of people out there who who um, don't believe they're committing. They're, they're, they're not planning on, on, on committing a criminal offense, but they wind up, you know, in, in a, a jackpot because they, they don't understand. And, and I really think the only way, the only way that they uh, can 100% get away from um, stopping, you know, you know to, to stop, put an end to drinking and driving is to make the legal limit zero. You cannot have a drink and drive. If they mm. did that, then every single person who went to the bar, had a beer or two, got in their vehicle, yeah. knows they're committing a criminal offense. At that point, they know. They're not unsure. They're not, oh, I don't think I'm over. You know, there, there's no uncertainty. There's no ambiguity. They know they're committing a criminal offense. But I don't know if uh, the political will is out there to, to see that happen or not. Kevin Bryan has been with us, Professor Seneca College and also retired police officer talking about York Regional Police uh, deciding after a weekend of 16 people arrested on impaired driving charges uh, to name names. Kevin, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Anytime, Scott. Have a good day. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.